Hello guys and welcome to the Fight Podcast with Sharia Richman. This will be a weekly podcast starting with the release of this first episode. First of all, who are we? My name is Jan, I'm a craft instructor with ICCS and your name is in the I'm title, a, who are you? I'm Sharia, Sharia Richman, I'm the ICCS head instructor. Your head instructor of ICCS Krav Maga, okay. That's right. But I think this is important for the people to know, Krav Maga is not your only bread and butter. No, I'm also the head coach in, uh, in MMA Jerusalem. And I also instruct uh, in the military, hand-to-hand -hand combat. So I'm, uh, I work with all the fields of, uh, all the possible fields of fighting. <laughs> in all of the different yeah. qualifications. Exactly. So the important thing to get or to understand here, I think, is that MMA or combative sports and craft as you teach it to civilians in the military, there's difference between these two disciplines, right? Yes and no, because a fight is a fight, and no violence mm -hmm. is violence. But, uh, of course, uh, if you teach uh, in the military, they have their specific needs mm -hmm. that civilians might need, not need to have, you know. Uh, so they get their specific needs that they need to have, just like uh, someone who wants to uh, be a professional MMA fighter. He has to have his specific needs as well. But overall, a fight's a fight. Mm -hmm. That's the question, because... If you, if you say special needs for, uh, or specific needs for, um, let's say, the military, in the end, in the octagon or in, in the battlefield, the, the idea is to neutralize your opponent. So, so how are there different needs in combatives on the field, in, in the civilian area, than there are from a fight in an octagon? Well, um, a fight in an octagon, uh, in my eyes, is a real fight. You know, a lot of people say it's not, it's not real, it's sports. But, because there's a there's yeah, someone to call it rules. But look, once uh, the other guy on the other side of, of the octagon or the ring, he he wants to he wants to take your head off. Basically, a fight's a fight. You know, it's a real fight. So yeah, there's a ref in there to protect you. Maybe that's the the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the street, uh, there's no one there to protect you. Mm -hmm. uh, losing is not an option. You know, it's uh, if you if you lose a fight, uh, an MMA fight. You know, so. It's bad for your record, maybe, a sure dog, you know. But uh, the ref should uh, be able to protect you from getting real harm. That's why he's there, you know. But uh, losing a street fight or losing a battle, you know, is, is never an option. I think that's the, the biggest uh, difference. Mm -hmm. Also, I think this is an important part of it. If uh, there's two people in an octagon, there's two people in an octagon. There's not a whole group of friends with them. There's no weapons that could be introduced. Right. Especially if we talk about ICCS, for instance, there's this whole area which deals with uh, with also the use of objects in a fight situ a fighting situation. For instance, with a knife. Right. You can't bring an, a knife to an MMA exactly, fight. Exactly, exactly. There's <laughs> many more options. Well, you shouldn't street. at least. <laughs> <laughs> many, many more options in a street fight than a, than a sports fight. Mm -hmm. And you never know where it's going to go. A multiple opponent is a big problem. It's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. Also called weapons like knives, screwdrivers, even forks, you know. Everything are, you could stick in everything someone. Could go, yeah, everything <laughs> goes into the body pretty easily. So those are, are uh, big problems. Mm -hmm. And also I see this is, I think this is a big thing that a lot of people um, watch, or especially in the, in the, in the con, uh, combat sports world. They look at Krav Maga as this thing where it's only for this and that application. And 
someone who trains MMA is also a proficient fighter in the streets. That's something that I, I've seen repeated online again and again. And I think something that I find very interesting with ICCS, for instance, is you take some of these aspects, you take a load of these aspects from combative sports and you introduce them into a uh, into like a field. You, you, you um, build the system where the idea is to, to bring these ideas into a civilian yeah. or, or like a military application. That's why we have what's called street boxing and street wrestling and street mm -hmm. groundwork. Just, just for that's exactly why. But uh, it all depends, you know. Krav uh, is a very big topic, and I think it all comes down to where you train and who trains you. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, there there is a lot of uh, of uh, nonsense out there, and uh, sadly, Krav has a bad rep because because of that. Mm -hmm. Especially in the in the professional world, you know, in the full contact world. Uh, People, in many cases, disrespect Krav. And yeah, the truth is, it's for good reasons sometimes, you know. What they say is true about, about a lot of the techniques and a lot of the, the way people train. Uh, I try, I'm trying to change that slowly, slowly, you know, mm. trying to bring sexy back into Krav. I mean, there is, I think that's also important to note with this, there is an ICCS fighting team who competes Yes, we have an ICCS fight team. It's growing. It's, it's re relatively new, especially because... Because of COVID, uh, we started it at, uh, right before, so we had to start over again. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to take uh, ICCS students from around the world, anybody who wants to to compete, we, and we have uh, we do it together. You know, we help each other. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of knowledge within the organization, uh, instructors from around the world. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, BJJ black belts, and we have uh, sambo guys or uh, judo guys. We have great boxers, great kickboxers as coaches. Um, very proud of, uh, of that fact. Very proud to be part of this organization, and uh, and we work together, you know, mm -hmm. just to help each other out with their, with each and every one uh, of our students, you know, to to bring them to the best level they could. That is something that I, when I joined ICCS, that I found very refreshing. That you could see, okay, the the idea is here to to build up a craft system which is not so opaque, because a lot of the stuff that I've seen is it just hails from tradition, like we hail back to this very important figure in the craft world and that makes us someone who is qualified to talk about these things but the big issue with with calf is oftentimes you you see techniques you see approaches that are not really reproducible or reproducible in, in like a, a combat scenario uh, under a, a set of rules like you can't take that into a ring and with iccs a lot of these things you can do under pressure you can practice them properly without protective gear because there's there's the idea to not all of it, but a lot of it hails from this MMA tradition, right. and so right. there is this approach where you can also like you can you can watch your progress, which you can't usually do with some of the combative things because you can't see a progression in your technique. You can't see how much you improve under pressure, and this is something especially with um, with the with the instructor program. You see these things as you progress through right. the, the, also, the stages. Uh, you know, also, if it doesn't work in the ring, it's not going to work in the street. Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, you have to understand that. But not everything that works of in course, the ring of, works in the street. That's of, important as well. Of course, of course. But uh, you know, theoretically, like uh, the big in the big picture, you know, mm -hmm. if it doesn't work in the ring, it doesn't work in the street. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's another reason why we we do what we do. And that's the 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 main thing where I see the MMA training and the um, the calf portion align. That and also like, I mean, with MMA, especially MMA sparring, it's the closest way to spar to get ready for a street fight. Mm 
because you have all the elements in there. You have the stand-up, you have the kicking, the striking, the clinch, the wrestling, and the groundwork, and the ground and pound, mm -hmm. uh, which, just like in a street fight, you can have all those elements as well. You can end up on the ground, you can end up standing, you know? Mm -hmm. So except for the fact that there's no knife attacks in MMA, that, you know, that we do uh, separately. And by the way, we also kind of spar, you've, you've seen how we do it with the knives. Mm -hmm. We wrestle on- I've grapple. done it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, all instructors uh, do it. Uh, we wrestle and grapple with the knife to give that uh, element as well. But I think MMA is the closest sensation to a street fight, mm -hmm. you know? without the weapons and multiple opponents. That's mm. why it's so important. Yeah. The only thing... Okay, let me ask you something that might be um, a little out of the ordinary with these questions is, um, if you think about everything you have to teach someone to be ready to to to, to say, okay, you're um, properly prepared with, with the elements that I can give you in this ICCS um, framework for going out and... Um, being effective in the streets. What tools would I want to give someone? No, it's it's not. It's Do you think that is more or less technique than you have to teach someone to be prepared for a fight? Uh, for a professional fight, you mean? For, for, think, okay, let's, I, let's yeah. say for okay. a fight I with think, someone who's all... I think it's... I think a person who wants to be able to survive a street fight, mm -hmm. he has to be an expert on escaping bad positions. An yeah. expert more so than an MMA fighter because his life depends on it. Mm -hmm. If someone mounted you for five minutes in a ring, you lost a round. Yeah. If someone on got street, your back you mounted, lost it, your exactly. consciousness, yeah. So if, if it <laughs> takes you... Look, a street fight is between three to 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. An average street fight. Afterwards, if the fight continues, it's one-sided. One is kicking the other one's ass. But if there was any resistance, it's in the beginning. Now... If you're listening to this and you say, wait, you know, I can't get a guy off. Someone's mounting me or he has my back. It takes me like seven minutes to get him off in training. You know what seven minutes are in a street fight? Especially if there's other people exactly. involved. Exactly. Yeah. So if it takes you more than a few seconds to get a guy off of you, that's a problem. Mm. So that's why I say, if you want to prepare for a real fight, you have to be an expert in escaping yeah. bad positions. And you have to train. The only way to be an expert is to do it over and over and over again. Not theoretically, but... With your training partner uh, really resisting you and, and giving you, giving you a hard a bad time. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That was uh, that's what I was. You don't thinking have to be an right? expert in submissions, for example. Mm -hmm. It's a bonus. You would never do, or probably uh, not. Never do say that. never. Never yeah, say yeah, never. Yeah, okay, but usually, you know, if you're fast enough to, to crack a guy's arm, why not? But never say never. But you have to be an expert in escaping bad positions. And by the way, one of the key elements of being an expert in escaping bad positions. Or knowing how to keep it if it was the other way around. Mm -hmm. You know, being expert in positions. So you know what to watch exactly. for, yeah. Exactly. And an expert in in, uh, in takedown defense. Mm -hmm. So to be an expert in takedown defense, your wrestling should be pretty good. You should know how to take down, exactly, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, most jiu-jitsu people, for example, have very bad wrestling. Because that's a totally on the ground. That's all because they Because you about. start kneeling. Yeah, you start, you start yeah. when a guy sits on his butt. So, so... Yeah, it's a problem. But by the way, you also see that if uh, uh, many times if a jiu-jitsu guy, he, he turns to an MMA, he has a problem with that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. He fights a wrestler, all of a sudden he's uh, in another world of, of hell, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why we do uh, a lot of that uh, in our training, a lot of escaping bad positions. Mm -hmm. You know, when we start uh, ground fighting, you know, it's always when someone's on your back or someone's on your mount. Now, we don't start from a neutral position, hardly ever. Mm -hmm. You know, just to get that habit of 
uh, being comfortable in uncomfortable, in uncomfortable situations. situations and also having uh, giving my students the confidence to know that they can escape it uh, fast too. Mm. So they're used to yes. the idea, okay, I could still fight from this position because something that I've seen with um, some um, combative systems is this idea of someone grabs you for a takedown and now you defend yeah, this, exactly. which is if someone knows how to take you down and this person grabs you a certain way, you're going down. Yeah. That's the issue with this. And so it's like, okay, you're already there. This is uncomfortable. How do you now And it's act? even more uncomfortable when someone's hitting you. Especially then, yeah. yeah. pressure is really, really on then, you know. Yeah. So if it's just grappling and he's on your back or on your mouth, he's not hitting you, it's one thing, but someone's throwing elbows in your face mm. or trying to bite you. You don't want to stay there for, for too long, do you? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking about with, with the difference between competitive sports. We have to be an expert in, in tactics, but also in, there's like multiple rounds, there's shots to be called, what, what to do, what to look for. There's, uh, especially in MMA, you have people who are more proficient in wrestling or grappling. Some are more in striking, uh, striking and kicking. And the idea then to say, okay, there's this whole other thing for a civilian, for like um, everyday use. No, that's total bullshit. That's the issue. In my eyes. And that's, yeah. that, but the, the issue with these systems, if it's about self-protection or uh, self-defense, um, oftentimes it's like, okay, you know, these three dirty tricks, just go out there and do your yeah, thing, sure, sure, which is course. a dangerous approach. It's a this. dangerous approach and it's a little bit kind of like a, I mean, babyish approach too. <laughs> it's like, okay, we don't have to train because we kick people in the balls all day. Yeah. And we, we, we punch yeah. them in the eye and then yeah, they it's collapse. Like you have a disrespect to your enemy is a, is a very big problem. Mm -hmm. If you disrespect your enemy, you're going to end up uh, with a big surprise. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big also, thing. They don't understand how tough wrestlers are, for example. Yeah. <laughs> how, how tough they are. And how fast. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, how, if he, how fast he goes for that single or double leg or b anything, you know, and you think you could kick him in the balls and that's it. Uh, it's not. It's just, you're in for a big surprise, mm. you know. It's his, a wrestler, I mean, that's all he does. You know, most people who kind of, honestly, you know, who train like, oh, we kick people in the balls, they don't even spar in training. Yeah, so, so they're not used to pressure. And then the wrestler, I mean, he all he does is is, is, is work under pressure and work with resistance. Mm -hmm. He's not going to, you know, and one of the key elements of, of a takedown is you don't want to hesitate. He's not going to hesitate. He shoots right into your legs. Before you blink, you end up on the ground. If all you think, you know, it's disrespect. You show disrespect mm -hmm. to an enemy, it's a big problem. Who trains a lot of, yeah, he, he, who dedicates a lot of his time. Who is a professional yeah. in his field. Yeah. And most self-defense students are not professionals at their field. They just do it once or twice a week mm. for 40 minutes, spending half of the time flirting. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so it's, it's just uh, like the people look for the bridge version of anything. Yeah. It's always a problem. Yeah, I think so. Because um, that's why, why I asked you this question earlier on, which is more, let's not say complicated, but where there's more content to be learned. Because if you talk about the uh, everyday approach, like uh, Krav Maga systems usually do or oftentimes do, The issue is that you not only have to be proficient as a fighter and as a tactician in a fight, but also before the fight, you have to be aware of a danger. Yeah, situational awareness is a big part of it. And that's important because, or it's important that you have this combat pedigree with you because these are things that, for instance, I've heard you said, say this in 
regards to a boxing match in sparring where you said in shooting we talk about never give like a stationary um like a target never stay uh, static more than three seconds mm -hmm. and that is something that funnily enough you you, you managed to to get into boxing and this is something where i see there's there's um there's at least similarities in these different fields because the fight's a fight like i told you mm -hmm. and that's rules, rules yeah. of combat don't change the, the, the battleground changes the kind of battleground changes. the weapons do yes but the rules the simple raw rules of fighting are the same all the mm -hmm. time you know and uh if you follow the, that's why at least uh with iccs and the way i t i like to teach is I, I work a lot on the fighting principles. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you follow the principles, the principles never change. This, is, this scenario may change, you know, the specific attack may change, but the fighting principles are always the same. And if you follow the fighting principles, you have a very big chance of surviving. You know, there was a, there was a knife attack some years ago already uh, in Israel. And uh, some guy... Uh, He, it was a big supermarket. He pulled out a knife. He stabbed one guy. He started to run in, you know, crazy. In the, in the, and there was a, a guy who was shopping there who happened to be armed. He happened to be a security guard mm -hmm. off duty. Mm -hmm. And he heard, uh, he heard yelling and uh, he, he didn't even understand it was a knife attack. It's all on camera. You know, everything's filmed today. He's just hearing there's something going on. Yeah, he's hearing something going on. So he just ran to the noise and he cuts a corner and he knocks right into the stabber's head. They both fall down. Stabber gets up. They run uh, into each other. They run into each other. Mm -hmm. He Stabber gets up. He uh, he kind of like with him like ice picks him you know from the top with a knife. He block. He attacks that hand really hard like with his hand and from the collusion the second collusion it was so hard. I mean the guy dropped his knife, turned around, started running away. He then went for his weapon which was not on his hip like he usually has it. It was in his man purse. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what's called one of those. Man, like know, a backpack or like something a, like a man purse you know I don't know the right term. yeah like, like a bag just yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was looking for it so it took him time to find it which is another story by the way what you can learn from that is put your weapon where you used to usually have it but anyway uh, I saw it on, on the news like everyone else because it was uh, on camera but a day later I get a I get a text on messenger and he was like hey uh, Sharir I just wanted to thank you Because what you taught me, uh, the principle of attacking the hand with the knife, uh, saved my life and it saved other people's life uh, because I was a the security guard from that stabbing. And um, I didn't remember him because uh, at that point, th those years, uh, when he trained with me, I was training uh, about a thousand people a month, hmm. security guards, uh, or private security, you know. And uh, I had to go back and, and look at his picture and then look at his... Uh, His testings and his, he was uh, average and even below average of, of uh, scores. So mm -hmm. He wasn't that good, but he was good enough to remember the principles. Mm. Not the Which is the main idea, exactly. not to have these complex exactly. techniques. Just to said, I remember to attack the hand with the knife. That's what he did. And, you know, and then I, I could go on and on and on with these stories uh, of real life stories. But mm. that was just one example of why I teach principles and not just uh, like a lot of people do. When they do self-defense, it's like techniques. You know, uh, under pressure, your heart rate shoots up. First of all, your rhetorical skills are very bad. Mm -hmm. You can't think that straight. So it has to be simple. It has to be principle-based. Because mm -hmm. under pressure, your technical ability drops to at least 
drops by at least like 50%. Yeah. You know? And so. that's a different, I think that's a, it's a really important thing to understand for grapplers, for instance, because if you look at BJJ, Luta Livre, for instance, these are sports, um, co these are combat sports where there is a lot of technique involved. But the idea here is it's only in this kind of language. Yes, you use exactly. technique A, you exactly. counter with B, and then there's C follow-up. Even, even in that, if you take a, a grappler who's never got punched in his face mm -hmm. and he has good skills on the ground... And He's then you punch him. And then you start punching him in the face. Yeah. He has a very hard time applying his knowledge. Mm -hmm. Unless he trains for a few months, and then he gets used to it, of course. Mm -hmm. But if it's the first time ever, he's like, yeah, I can find anybody because I know had an arm bar or had a triangle choke from my back. And then you put him on his back. He's comfortable because he trains on his back. And all of a sudden, you hammer fist him in his eye socket and crack his jaw. It's a false sense of security. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just like... Uh, Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get hit, you know? <laughs> yeah, also if it's multiple things, because people who aren't used to um, train under, uh, under pressure, the, the idea here is that a lot of these skills that I can still approach with, let's say, a capacity of like 60%, like I'm stressed, but I'm not scared for my life, I can still approach kind of a, a big chunk of techniques that I've learned before under pressure. But if I'm fearing for my life, this now shrinks to a window of, let's say, five. And now the idea is, first of all, you still need to to cling onto, as you call them, principles, ideas, like basic stuff. And the techniques go out of the window anyways. Exactly. And I, I see this with uh, when, when I train or um, when I'm training with other people, um, You have these 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 drills where you you fight for a knife. You start wrestling, then then the knife comes out. You you try to 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 pin the arm. You go for the knife. Sometimes it just falls down. Yeah, if you're like a, a special kind of person, or you know, and you work in a special place or special forces, you know, you're tested. Your rhetorical skills are tested, not just your physical abilities, but your skills, your, your rhetorical skills are tested under pressure because they're looking for specific kind of people. Mm -hmm who could cope under a, a big amount of pressure. I'm mm -hmm. assuming uh, surgeons would be the same, you know, in, in, in a way too, you know, they have mm -hmm. to cope under you pressure. You can deattach or, or something. Or pilots or something like that, you know, but the average person, mm -hmm. you know, it's just too hard. It's just too, it's too, if you do anything that's complicated, little movements, mm -hmm. like a lot of techniques have, you know, put your pinky here, put the wrist here. It's just too. It's too much. It's too I much remember you. I think you told us the story about these these tests with. I think there were also like a security or like some law enforcement agency where they had these drills. They had to go through them, and um, at some point, because you had to score almost perfectly to to keep remaining in this in this uh, in this unit, and then they introduced this new little little like, thing. Yeah, it was like yeah. a little knot. Yeah, and they didn't know how to do it. They all, they all failed big time. It, it, all, it, yeah. it crashed yeah. the, the, the exactly. scores of the, exactly. of the people because it's a new impulse. They're not used to this. And also it's it's very, it's um, f it's fine motor skills, yeah. which go away if you're under stress. Exactly. So there's two approaches to this. Either you're able to lower your stress level or you should change the way that you approach yeah. these yeah. sorts of situations. Yeah. So you have to train under pressure. Mm -hmm. That's the most important part. In your skill. So it means if you're a surgeon, you have to have very fine motor skills and train under, I'm assuming, you know, I'm not a surgeon, mm -hmm. you know, but as a fighter, you know, train, whatever you training to do has to be under pressure. It doesn't matter what kind of fight. I mean, that's why you spar so much before, uh, 
before a, a fight, you know, to get used to that feeling. You know, we, we many times that when I get a guy ready uh, for a fight, like in the cage, we'll simulate a fight. That means we'll have we'll bring a little crowd. People will be yelling stuff, making mm. noise. You know, it's just to get used to that. that Adding to the pressure. Yeah, it's because all that adds on. You know, and uh, as far as a street fight or any other fight, you know, training under pressure has two main elements to it, right? First of all, the person who's doing whatever he's there to do, before he starts doing his technique, he has to be already in the state of fatigue. He has to be mm -hmm. tired. His heart rate has to be up already before he, before he starts. Mm -hmm. that Out of air, maybe. Yeah, also, yeah, that simulates fear, pressure, heart mm -hmm. rate, you know? And then the second principle is that your training partner has to be resisting whatever you're trying to do in 100%. Hmm. If he's letting you do it, you're not really training under pressure. You might be tired, mm -hmm. your heart rate might be up, but you're not training under pressure. It's still choreographed because your training partner is, has an agreement. Mm -hmm. He's letting you do it. Even if he's like resisting 40%, exactly. it's still not realistic. He has to be trying to make you look bad hmm. over and over and over again. That's Those two elements together are, for me, is real training under pressure. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big issue with some of the um, calf systems that I've seen or combative systems that I've seen so far. The The issue oftentimes is you're used to this idea of let me introduce you to this idea to take away a knife, to you see the craziest stuff, disarm it's, a gun, it's, whatever. It's total Most of it, especially with the knife and the gun disarming, I mean, it's total nonsense. It's total nonsense because you know, we, we could talk about a knife on another episode. I mean, it's just mm. going to take us a... It's, it's a, a, yeah, yeah, it's a whole it's, different thing. It's, it's just, the bottom line is because there's agreements. Okay, I stab you like this and you do this. You take it away from me, slowly yeah. And I let you do it. You could be doing that for 20 years. You're wasting your time. It's better you do Zumba, at least you lose some weight. <laughs> you know? But I mean, it, you need to practice slowly slow a couple times to understand To, to get the idea, yeah. But once you get the idea, which should be a simple idea based on principles, uh -huh. attack and wrap, like for example, like yeah. I always tell people, attack the head and wrap the head, you know? Yeah. Then fight it. Go ahead and fight it. And you know what helps you fight it? The more you wrestle, the more you clinch fight, the more you grapple, the easier it will be for you to control a hand with a knife because you have better understanding of mobility and joints. Mm -hmm. And all that stuff. But if you, all you do is theoretical, you put your hand up, block slowly, you know. Once someone puts a little bit of pressure, especially with the knife, like I said, it's, it's a long topic, mm -hmm. a very interesting one, you're going to be into a big surprise. Yeah, that is very true. I've noticed this with, uh, especially with knife fights, um, when, you, when you simulate them, that from the beginning of my, um, uh, like, calf... Uh, let's say days, <laughs> to where I am now, the more that I got used to wrestling, not just grappling, not just punching, but the wrestling part of it, the easier it was to get someone on the ground without even using the, the, the specific techniques that you're uh, taught to deal with a knife. You can't use... You see, again, you're pulling me into the knife topic, which is... Yeah, wrong. I'm, I'm going to pull you away again, but... But, but <laughs> just, just look, you can't... You, There is no technique that works against a knife. That's what I mean, yeah. There's only principles that work against a knife. Mm -hmm. And see, because people work scenarios, scenarios, scenarios. Come on. It's endless scenarios. I mean, he could be standing on top of you. He could be punching distance, clinched. You could be on the ground. You can't prepare for every single could scenario. could surprise you with a knife but in the you fight. Could, it's always a surprise. Yeah. But you could work principles, full contact sparring, 
Orky Wrestling, understand the principles of fighting against a knife, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Right? Because if you only wrestle and grapple and do uh, jiu-jitsu, you'll be, uh, of course, you'll be, you'll be, um, you'll be a salad before you'll be able to fight the, the knife. <laughs> Give up. It's, it's the same, it's the same <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. You know? But uh, work that, those, that's why I try in ICCS to bring those elements together. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring the concepts of the street into, into the MMA yeah. world. That is a perfect, I, I believe that's a perfect combination. And I think that is something that I've noticed with these with these drills that where I let's say before I had like a like a controller like four or five buttons that I could use now there's a whole keyboard like there's different approaches I can see different things. Well, different I never openings. play computer games, but I, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but the the idea yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's just there's more options to use, yeah. and um, I think that is something important where some people might might ask, okay, if we're training if we're preparing for a knife fight or whatever uh, whatever different situation you might approach in a the street, fight's a fight a fight's a fight, and you need to know these mechanical things, like how do you take someone down? which role does the hip play okay. in take a take a takedown, for example, that's a good example mm-hmm. when in my eyes, When could you actually apply a takedown in a fight? It doesn't matter if it's a street fight or a cage fight. When are you good enough to apply a takedown? When you're close and when you know what you're doing. Well, you don't have to think about the takedown. Mm-hmm. Right? How many times you have to do over and over and over again? We don't have to until th- you don't have to think about it. It doesn't matter the exact number, right? It's not. A, it's a rhetorical. Question. But it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, that's when you you know you when you don't have to think about it. It's like tying on your shoes. You mm-hmm. just do it. And that's a level of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that wrestler has that level. Yeah, that's why he's so dangerous in any fight. Mm-hmm. But a guy who does just self defense, you know, oh, I kick you in the balls. Uh, you still have to think about it. You're in for a big surprise. Yeah, it's and this is not talking down on self defense. No, this is talking not. down on certain self defense. This is just I, it's not talking concepts. down on anyone. It's just saying it how it is. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's that's what I mean. The the idea is to 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 have these principles, to know these these concepts, to apply them in different areas where you wouldn't even think you needed them. This is something because I've seen with some people who are new to Krav Maga. Sometimes you you show them the basics of boxing, like the footwork, how to jab, how to punch, and they're like, "Why are we training this? This is like combat sports stuff. Why why are we doing this?" And it's like you're, it's important as shit to know how to punch properly. It's important to know footwork, how to move. The uh, footwork for is For example, important. with multiple opponents, all you have is footwork, basically. To move, mm-hmm. to move, to move, to move, and move and hit, move and hit. If you don't have that footwork that comes from, from boxing, from stand-up, you'll stop moving, and they'll funnel you, and they'll put you down on the ground, and they'll kick your head in. Mm-hmm. So here's one reason why footwork is so important. But people and, don't know that until they have to exactly. apply this under pressure exactly. and sometimes this is um we used to do these uh, video um like um, we, we we sat down we watched these videos we we kind of looked at okay what went wrong here like how is this a dangerous situation what can we do to approach these things in our in our training properly and um sometimes it was just basic stuff like okay If that person would have moved instead of stood there, there's there's a whole different outcome to the to to the whole situation. And these little things you have to think about, you have to teach, you have to show these people, um, because if they're okay, I know this one trick and I will do it if I'm if I'm if I'm kind of cornered or something. That's not how stuff works. You can't yeah. just like bring out the big guns, like hey hey, I'm trained to kill you. My arms are registered as as weapons, yeah, so, like yeah. three states. It's it's not how that works. People who train every day to just beat the head off each other. 
those people are not like impressed by these, yeah. like, these techniques. Uh, you know, also people say, hey, fighting is for everyone or self-defense is for everyone. I don't think that's a true statement. It's for everyone who's motivated to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have plenty of victims in this world. Plenty. Victim, I mean victim mentality. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone unless you're trained correctly and you have the right mindset. So you mean you can you can change this approach to these conflicts? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's important to understand. Going into a class twice a week, you know, doing theoretical stuff and all that, that's a, to a big extent, that's a waste of time. Yeah, you said this thing once in one of our instructor courses where you said, um, if there's a room with, I think you said 100 people or something, and there's someone who walks in with a gun, there's... Of these hundred, of these one hundred people, ninety or ninety-five people will run away. They will run away, and then there's these two who will run, yeah. who will approach the. Yeah. And I think that's that's the idea. Like, though, that's that's most people. I think, especially in um, in in areas where it's when comfortable. When shit hits the fan, there's two kinds of people. You have victims and you have warriors. There is no middle ground. Understand. And that's that's what it is. It's like that. Most people are victims. And the idea is that's what I'm trying to get to. The idea is that with those people who are not used to that pressure, or who would be part of the 98%, the idea is to give them the this this approach, this this idea, this this toolbox to approach it differently. Exactly. So and it's to, not just like you're this or you're that, but you can train to become can, one or the other. Yeah, to protect your family or your friends around you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's important to see. You're you're not bound to one of these groups. Well, you're not bound to one of the groups, but I, I also believe there are people who are um, natural warriors, you know? Who just come into, yeah, I've, I've met some of ICCS, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's people who are like, uh, that's what you look for, you know, when you when you test people out for, for special forces. You, mm-hmm. You're looking for those kind of people. You know, it's a small, it's a small few, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. So you think in the in the um, in the world of self defense of of Krav Maga, um, those are traits that you can give people that are usually not these types of people. I think I, I think a good instructor could to, could probably uh, turn most people into warriors. Mm-hmm. Most people, the majority of people, a good instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, there's there's uh, a lot of uh, instructors out there who are not who are not very good. Not because they're not good people. It's just like I think the the approach to teaching is wrong. Is wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, a lot of times they're turning uh, people with a victim mentality into having even a bigger victim mentality because they think they're not, but they still are in this. Through their way they teach, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a we can. This is another subject you could talk about for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, done correctly, you could turn most people, not everybody, not everybody, of course, it's never everyone. It's never a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But most people, you could turn them into warriors, mm-hmm. warrior attitude, mentality, you know, and uh, done done correctly as possible. Also, I think it's important for people who are not um, familiar with the topic of Krav Maga. I think it's important to to talk about the question. Krav Maga is not like judo, like BJJ, where there's techniques. There's like a set um, framework for all of the of the different approaches, of the different hooks, of the different throws, whatever they are. But it's like a pretty open thing. 
it's not just like okay you can do this you can that this this is like this is Krav Maga this is not Krav Maga Krav Maga is two words in Hebrew it means contact combat so it's like an open uh, yeah yeah pretty much it's like fighting yeah. basically exactly. <laughs> exactly. like a system yeah, for fighting it's always up to the instructor mm-hmm Uh, his background, how what he does, and that's the level of students usually. Yeah, that's. I think this is important to explain because we're talking about Kaf Maga on one hand, and on the other hand, we're talking about okay, some people there's this Kaf Maga, there's these concepts out there. They're not really working the way that they may be intended. Like, where's the difference between them, and how can we teach something else? And how is that difference from, and why can that be? I think that's important to explain. It's because Kaf Maga is not just this one thing. It's people. Teach yeah, different things. People like under to this. sometimes use like the, the, the pull out the card or hey, you know, we were here first or <laughs> my instructor's instructor is an uncle of this guy, whatever. But <laughs> but, but really, um, I've seen so many Kravagai instructors in my life who do things differently. Mm-hmm. Some are really good, some are not so good. Uh, you know, I, uh, a lot of them I have a lot of respect for. Um, in the military, same thing, you know, depending on the guy's background, mm-hmm. he'll he'll teach. Uh, is it a good thing? I don't think it's a good thing. I think there should be like a, a structured way of doing it um, that works. But that's how it is. Because contact combat. Okay, you know, I think you could do this and this. And then people like to use, you know, to use that name. And one of the reasons why um, Krav Maga has a bad rep in uh, the full contact world is because of that. There's a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to really be good to be a Krav Maga instructor. Because you can't really be tested because, in yeah, these. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, I'm a badass, you know, I'm this and that. And, you know, learn. And the poor guys, people who don't know any better, mm. they watch a video on YouTube. Look at this guy. He's he's disarming a gun or a knife. Wow, it's really good. It looks like a Hollywood movie, but that's exactly what it is. He has camo pants yeah, on. Yeah, he's, he's, probably, he's probably from the special forces. He's probably so tactical. You know, he has tattoos everywhere. Yeah, they go and they go learning, learn from him and they don't know any better. Uh-huh. And those, and then because how who, would you? you? You're going there to learn. Yeah, yeah that's and the then idea. People who do have real contact experience, ah, they look at it like that doesn't work, and and then Krav has a bad rep, mm-hmm. sadly because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you know, Krav is contact combat, so of course it works, depending on who taught you it and how he taught you it with the with the right principles. Of course, it, it may work, and like I said. If it doesn't work in the in the in the in the ring, it's not going to work in the street, you mm-hmm. know. And a lot of what they do doesn't work not in the ring and not in the street, you know, because it's it's Hollywood took over martial arts and and people uh, do a lot of uh, theoretical crap. Uh, but bottom line, it's, it's it comes down to your instructor, mm-hmm. you know, it comes down to his his experience, uh, his knowledge, if he do, does it correctly. Yeah. yeah. So in summary, Krav Maga is kind of like a like a, an umbrella term. Like there's an, different yeah. concepts. Yeah. They're yeah. all so being sold under the name. This is yeah. Krav Maga. Yeah. And also, I think um, something that that happens a lot of the time is there's someone who has some sort of law enforcement or military pedigree, and these people use this idea to say, "I'm a proficient fighter." How, would you say this is automatically the case? Someone was in the military. Now they're no, a good absolutely fighter. not. Absolutely not. First of all, it doesn't mean you're a good instructor. That's also a big point. Yeah. You have to be a good instructor. Being a good fighter doesn't mean you're a good instructor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> an instructor is a profession. Yeah. You have to know how to teach someone. Like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great pro MMA fighters out there. doesn't make them good coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. And then also like the fact that someone was in the military 
doesn't make him an expert on all the combat combat fields mm-hmm. at all. Far from it, in fact, you know, far from it. So yeah, absolutely has nothing to do with two have nothing to do with each other. You know? mm. Because also in the in law enforcement or in 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 military, you're also there's a specific field. Because in, in law enforcement, some uh, for for instance, you you have this this idea of yeah, uh, restricting and detaining someone. Has, yeah, they need like I I've seen uh, like videos, for example, of a of a Krav Maga seminar, where the instructor, uh, you know, he it's in Europe. Uh, he comes there in a military uniform. I mean, he's teaching civilians. Mm-hmm. Come on, you know. And then uh, you know he shows them how he kicks the door in with a weapon. And how he clears the corner. These guys never held a weapon in their life. They probably never will. You know, they live in in, in Europe. And uh, look, if, if that's what they want to see and that's what they pay for, I mean, so yeah, it's great. But what did you learn for your for life? Your, for yeah, your life. Yeah. What did you learn? That that guy's a badass? And what? So that's not my not my approach uh, to teaching. But uh, a lot of times people just want to live in a fantasy, you know. And then again, that's why it gives a bad rep when it comes to people who actually know how to fight, mm-hmm. you know. But it's sad because uh, it shouldn't have a bad rep when people really look into it and see what, you know, what what it's all about. Uh, Krav Maga saves lives. How do I know it saves lives? Because I, I, I work with people who have to use it, you know, in the military or in, in, in the private life. So done correctly with a good instructor, it saves lives. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's not a martial art. It's a fighting system. It's just it's a, it's a fighting system which should be based on principles, very adaptable. Change the technique if it doesn't work, and move on to the next. Not arguing about no, my technique was here first, or so must be the best. You know, but that's what it is. It's it's just a fighting system that you have to adapt to the ever changing battlefield, just like uh, uh, the weapon. You know. Changed since uh, 1914 and today is not the same rifle. Mm-hmm. Why? Because people learn from experience. Fighting changes. You know, even look at uh, the sport of MMA, the level you have today and the level you had in the 90s. You can't compare the two. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to watch the old fights, how you know, you see the brawls, you know, respect all of them are great fighters. But today, the level is much higher. Mm-hmm. And in, in any, in and any there's industry, different approaches. We have to have different answers to yeah, those approaches. People, yeah. yeah, I assume in any, almost in any industry, it's like that, you know. Mm. Same thing in crop. You know, the battlefield changes. You have to change your training. And you see what works, what doesn't work. You throw out what doesn't work, you know. But uh, I understand why people, you know, disrespect crop, but also I don't like to hear it because if you really would know, you would not disrespect it. Mm-hmm. So I also like, uh, it's sad that people give a bad rep, a lot of bad instructors. But really, doing it correctly, it saves lives. It saves lives. I've seen it over and over and over again. Doing it correctly, though. Mm-hmm. Enjoy one last question for today. Um, talking about people, or if, if people watch these um, these calf systems, they, they, they see something where they feel like this doesn't make sense they do some sort of combative sports let's say boxing maybe mma um and they think okay this what i'm doing here is more proper to or is more suited to this occasion that i'm i'm i'm, I'm 
I'm learning or I'm practicing something that would be more of use in the situation that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. Um, do you think that this mindset of the combat sport that I am practicing is sufficient for self-defense? Do you think this is an approach that lacks perspective? Or do you think that, for instance, doing MMA is enough to no, be... No, absolutely not. It's a lot. And it's maybe the most important element because it turns you into a fighter. But there is the principles of street fighting. You could be a great MMA fighter. What if three people jump you? Then what? What do you do then? What's your plan? Right? What if a guy pulls a knife, starts stabbing you, he stabs you in your back, you turn around, he stabs you in your chest. Now you understand what's going on. Now you fight. What's your plan? Mm -hmm. What's your plan now? You know? So you should mix the two. You should mix the two. That's what we do. But just being just an MMA fighter, thinking you're all that, you might be a tough guy, but you're not going to be tough against uh, three or four people with sticks. What about the, the whole idea of, of, uh, of uh, situational awareness? Where's that? Or knowing how to avoid a fight, knowing how to de-escalate. Where's that? Right? You think in, in many cases it's exactly the opposite. Oh, I'm an MMA fighter. I'm the baddest, meanest person on the planet. So I'm not going to de-escalate anything. Back off. Uh, he backs off. He brings uh, 10 people back to you. Now what are you going to do, tough guy? Right? But if you knew how to de-escalate, you're going to probably avoid the fight from ever even happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely it's not enough. It has to have the combination of both. The MMA is great. Wrestling, that's what we do. Street wrestling, street boxing, street mm -hmm. grappling. Right? If you would ask me what does a person need to be able to survive a fight, what tools would I give him? Striking, clinch, wrestling, grappling. Of course, dealing with weapons and multiple opponents. Fight principles, de-escalating a fight, situational awareness, all those together create the perfect fighter. You know, but you have to remember those things as well. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's that's a wrap. Sharia, yeah. we'll be back next week with a new episode. Sharia, thank you for coming. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward for this uh, next new episode. With you. <laughs> It's be See fun. you guys next week. Bye bye.